Welcome to Kingdom Perspective Broadcast, the teaching ministry of Dr. David Ogaga. We believe that this message is going to open up the seals and cause you to have a deeper revelation into the Word of God that will make you see beyond the letters in the Word. Here is Dr. David. Father God, we thank and exhort you. Once again, we are here to see that your feet and receive instructions. Your word is life and spirit. And we do ask, Lord, that you bless us tonight as you open our heart to receive instruction from you. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay, so we, we want to... We're continuing with again with uh, um, a subject on praying in the spirit, and this is going to be part number three. Praying in the spirit, part number three. I have this major text that I've been reading, which is Ephesians 6, verse 17 through 18. And it says, And take the helmet of salvation. And the salt of the spirit, which is the word of God. Praying always with all prayers and supplication in the spirit. And watching thereunto with all perseverance and supplication for all saints. Hallelujah. I would like to read this from... Just the verse 18 from the message translation, which is very, very emphatic. Message translation says, In the same way, prayer is essential in this ongoing warfare. Pray hard and long. Pray for your brothers and sisters. Keep your eyes open. Keep each other's spirit up so that no one falls behind or drops up the line. Hallelujah. Now, it's important you understand this last one we just read from the book of Ephesians 6 and 18. And uh, it's already connected to part of what we've been sharing in relation to life in the cluster. The need for you, if I may use the word, to be your brother's keeper. And you pray for your brother so that they don't drop off behind as the case may be. And like, you know, we said it before, like the, uh, uh, the, uh, the Amalekites, they destroyed those who were feeble when they were coming out of Egypt. And so this prayer is like strengthening the feeble knees and the hands that are hung down that are hanging down so that they can have faith. So we're talking about praying for your brothers. Okay, let's go quickly to Romans 8 again, verse number 26. And uh, we just read on from the King James, Romans 8, 26 from the King James. And I'll read up to verse number 30 again. We dealt with that fairly a little bit last week. Likewise, the Spirit also helped our infirmities, for we know not what we should pray for as we ought, but the Spirit is uh, making intercession for us with groanings which cannot be altered. 
And he that searcheth the heart knoweth what is in the mind of the Spirit, because he maketh intercession for the saints according to the will of God. Now, he that knoweth the mind of the Spirit, God knows the mind of the Spirit, and the Spirit knows the mind of God. And so when he's making intercession for you, like I keep explaining, he takes the thing that you cannot alter in terms of your prayer and present them before God. He knows what you need, and you don't really know what you need most times. You have to understand this. There's a difference between needs and wants. Do you understand that? You may want, for instance, a vehicle now, but that could not be your need. God will supply your need according to his riches in glory. Are you there with me? So there are some of the things you pray for that God knows that you don't need them at that particular time. Praise the Lord. Now the spirit understands what you need part-time and present it before God. So that even if you're asking God for something, the spirit has a way of taking your need before God. Which is not what you may be praying for. You may be asking for things that you don't need at a particular time. Praise the living God. Uh, if I may just illustrate this in a simple way. If, for instance, your need right now is food. And yet, you're envious of somebody who is driving. And then you want to pray for a car. And do you really think God needs you at a time to have a car or to have food? But because you're not thinking the way you ought to be thinking, you are envious of somebody because of what he has, but that is not your need. And these things will definitely come to you, but that will be at the right time. Praise the living God. So sometimes we ask for things that God is not intending to really give to us. It's just like a little child asking for a shotgun that is loaded. Does the child need a shotgun to defend himself? You are the father, you are defending the child. What does the child need a shotgun for? Are you following what I'm saying? That is not a need. The shotgun may be for defense, but you, the father, is already there to do the defense. The child doesn't need a shotgun. There are some things that you cannot handle. You may be praying for them. They are not your need. They are just your wants. Praise the living God. All right. Verse 28. But now this is, let me give you the balance on this. Want also has to do with the things that really propel you towards life. For instance, David will say, The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. Meaning, I shall not lack. Lack is different from desires you're just wanting something not because it's a need i shall not lack means for instance i shall not lack food i shall not lack clothing i shall not lack shelter these are needs i don't know if you understand what i mean good so the lord is my shepherd i shall not want or i shall not lack anything you'll not be found wanting that is different from when you're just desiring things for, you know, selfishness and whatever the case may be. 
or you want people to see you to be this, to be that, whatever. Those are desires. But God will meet your need according to his riches in glory. All right, so verse 28 of Romans 2, uh, verse number 28, now Romans 8, 28 says, And we know that all things work together for good to them, the love of God, to them who are the call according to his purpose. We've been explaining this before. We know the purpose talks about the showbread. Verse 29, From whom he did for new, he also did predestinate to be conformed to the image of his son. I explained this again last week. The image of his son, or when we talk about predestination, you are not predestinated to be poor, you are not predestinated to die as a young man. You know, sometimes people die, have an answer, and say, well, that's predestination. Uh, maybe the way God has ordained it, that he will not live long, he has to die when he was young, or when he should be young. That is no predestination. Predestination of the Bible is that you are conformed to the image of Christ. Is that okay? Praise the living God. That is why you see, sometimes when people preach and they tell you from the book of Psalm, you know, when somebody dies and then there's this funeral service going on, and you see people coming there and say, oh, it's a precious thing in the sight of the Lord, the death of his saint. What they mean to say is, God is very happy when his child dies because he's going back home to meet him. That's wrong. God is not happy because his child just died. If that is the case, the day everyone is born again, he should die. You understand what I mean? Yeah, if it's such a wonderful thing for God, preacher is the death, I mean, in the sight of the Lord is the death of his saints. So anytime a child of God dies, oh, God is very happy because he's coming back home. Then what are all of us waiting for? We are depriving God of his joy because we are all still living. I don't know if you get what I mean. It's a contrary scripture. What the scripture is saying is, it's very painful in the heart of God for his child to die. That's what he's saying. So it's not a funeral scripture. People use it as a funeral to encourage those who are the dead left behind. Oh, don't worry. You know, it's a precious thing inside of the law for the death of his saint. No, it's wrong. What David meant to say is a very painful thing. For a child of God to die. God feels it. You know what? It, it causes God to invest in your life to bring you up to this level. And you have not fulfilled your, your destiny. And then something kills you and then become to feel happy. Amen. So, to be conformed to the image of the Son is what predestination is really all about. So that he might be the firstborn among many brethren. Praise the Lord. Okay. So, we can just move on. So, here we'll read... Uh, but the Spirit, like we're trying to say, is uh, making the exception for us with going in which cannot be altered. Like I said before, we're talking about the Holy Spirit now making intercession for our spirit. I mean, through our spirit. The Spirit, remember, in verse 15 and 16, says we are the, child of, we are the children of God, and the Spirit bear witness with our spirit. Is that Okay. Right, so it's that same spirit bearing witness with our spirit that is helping to make intercession for us on behalf of us because we truly do not know what to pray for. It's like little children in church that we have all over the place. What do you think they want? What do you think they know? They don't seemingly know anything, but you 
morally like the parents you see you know what they want you can assist them even sometimes they're asking for certain things you don't want to give them those things because you know they don't need those things at a time am i right good it's the same thing so because you don't know what you're looking for part time now let, let me say this you could be praying for instance for business god give me business but you see or let my business improve or whatever the case may be but you see what god may be wanting you to pray for at that time is wisdom not just business you need wisdom to get your business to grow are you with me good and no you see the clear example of this is this when god asked solomon what do you want what do you think was the answer of solomon he said i need wisdom and he said okay since you ask for wisdom you're going to be richer than all the kings that ever lived and solomon was such a wise man the wisdom of solomon was also from the scriptures all of us you know that right but think about it solomon had no words to fight so he concentrated in doing business and you know solomon was selling apes was selling you know i mean uh turkey you know turkey right he was selling apes, selling turkey selling all manner of things how sheep in the high sea if he had chariot for war he was not fighting wars other nations come to hire his chariot and they pay him good money that's how solomon made his money but he asked for one thing wisdom so most time when you're praying maybe the devil is stopping your wisdom or something like that that's not what you need so now when you go into prayer sometimes you find out the holy spirit knows that what you need is wisdom you begin to ask god for wisdom on your behalf are you following what i'm saying good so now you come out from that prayer section you know better what to do to get your business going you begin to make money you begin to improve in your business now all is linked to your prayer but when you were praying you were praying for business but god was giving you what wisdom because the holy spirit knew that what you need is what wisdom are you following what i'm saying now that is where you see when you pray in the spirit it's it's, it's such an elating season for you to transform you from just mentally struggling you know like i make you understand if you're praying with your mental understanding you're struggling because you're looking at your business you're seeing how your business is not doing well and your mind is you know you're having issues in your mind and yet you are praying you are not having understanding you don't even know what you're praying about you're already confused before you go into prayers so in that moment if you move into praying in the spirit you begin to see at the end of the day you you see understanding you see light coming in and then when you move out to go into your business you know exactly what to do to get out of the situation that you find yourself praise god all right so that's what we mean by praying in the spirit here you know we pray meet our senses and understanding by the spirit he never could have spoken if we are praying in the natural but going into the spirit never could speak in a manner which plainly common sense can dictate to us that is the second sense is not dictating what we say the second sign is not dictating the vocabulary that comes out of our mouth you see we're out of that realm we're united with the holy spirit the holy spirit now takes that which belongs to us from the presence of god and begin to minister to us praise the living god but let me i want to show you a few things about the holy spirit uh go with me to john 16 uh 13 to 14 john 16 13 to 14 
Hall. He said, How be it when he, the spirit of truth, is come, it will guide you into all truth. And it will show you things to come. Right? He shall magnify, it's like saying, will glorify me, for he shall receive of mine and show it unto you. I want you to notice this. He will glorify me. How is I going to do that? He will receive of mine and show it unto you. The things you don't know about Christ, because you see, when he begins to show you the things about Christ, invariably showing you yourself who you are supposed to be. Because Christ is our life. Hallelujah. 15 says, All things that the Father had a mind, therefore say I, that he shall take of mine and show it unto you. Now the things you don't know, he takes them and reveals them to you. You are praying, remember, you are praying in and with the Spirit. So it's revealing things that you do not know. Go with me, we'll come back here, but just look at Jeremiah 33 verse 3. We can have it on the board. Jeremiah 3 verse 3. He said, call upon me, and I will answer thee. I will show thee great and mighty things which thou dost not know, or thou knoweth not. Did you get that? Call upon me, I will answer thee, and show thee great and mighty things which thou knowest not. We know not how to pray. Are you following that? But when you pray in the spirit, he reveals things, and not just things, great and mighty things which you do not know are revealed to you. That's why I say when you pray, I'm sending the Holy Spirit, he's going to take up mine, my mind for you, my thought for you, my desire for you. He takes them and reveals them to you. Praise the Lord. Are you following? So, Going back again by way of illustration, if for instance you, you're looking at a particular business that you want to do, and that is not what God really has in mind for you. So what happens when you're praying in the Spirit? It takes the mind of God for you and reveals them to you, for you to know that this is not what you're supposed to do, this is what you're supposed to do. Are you there with me? And this scripture is so powerful, you can keep it you know, to yourself. Call upon me, that's a prayer now. And I will answer thee, that's a guarantee. And show thee, in the course of your prayer, you are going to see things great that are mighty, which thou knowest not. The things that you do not know will be revealed to you in the course of prayer. So prayer is not about just the things you know. It's about getting answered on the things that you do not know. And... Paul is saying when you pray in the spirit, you're groaning. You have no understanding about what you're praying about. That's something you don't know. Is that okay? Right. So now the things that you do not know are revealed to you in the course of you praying in the spirit and with the spirit. Is it making sense to you? So sometimes when you pray for just that which you know, you're praying in your understanding. You're praying with your common sense. But praying in the spirit go beyond praying in your common sense. You come into the place where the things that you do not know 
are revealed to you by the Spirit. Go back again to Romans 8 now, verse number, I mean, John 14 now, verse 16, where we are before. Sorry. And I will pray the Father, and he shall give you another comforter, that he may abide with you forever. Amen. Then, verse 17. Even the Spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive, because it's yet him now, neither knoweth him, but you know him, for he dwell with you, and shall be with you. Go to verse 20 of that chapter. This thing have I spoken unto you. Verse 20. Being yet present with you. Sorry. Let's go to verse 25, rather. Go to verse 25. 25, yeah. These things have I spoken unto you. Being yet present with you. But the Comforter, which is the Holy Spirit now, whom the Father will send in my name. Now, the name is not necessarily talking about Jesus. When you talk about the name, you're talking about the nature, the character, the attribute of a person. Is that okay? Which you will send in my name, he shall teach you all things and bring all things to your remembrance. Whatsoever I have said unto you. And this is why it is so important that you read your Bible. You see, this is where it's so critical for you to daily read your Bible. Why is it so? I don't give a simple illustration. You see, when Jesus was taken by the Spirit to the wilderness to be tempted of the devil, by the time he told him to turn the stones into bread, what did he do? It is written. Are you there with me? He was quoting for Deuteronomy, as a matter of fact. It is written. Why? Because all Jewish children... Before the age of 12, they've gone through the Torah. That are the seven books of Moses. In a primary foundation. So he has all of that in his mind. At that moment, he could remember what the book said. And said, it is written. And Jesus is here saying, all the things I have taught you, the Holy Spirit will bring them to your remembrance. Meaning, if you're reading the Bible and you are getting into any situation that is not even in the mind of God, the Holy Spirit will remind you. Are you there with me? Now, if you're not reading your Bible, there is nothing for the Holy Spirit to remind you of. If you don't listen to the messages, there is nothing for the Holy Spirit to remind you of. Are you still there? Now, if you are praying and you are actually diligent to render the Bible, which is one of my experiences very regularly, sometimes I go praying, maybe in tongues, and scripture comes to my mind instantly, I write them down. When I study those scripture, most often I find out the answer to what I'm praying for. Or the could be leadings or guidance into what God wants me to get into. It gives you scriptures. He reveals his mind. That's why he said, the Holy Spirit 
will bring to your remembrance the things that I have taught you. So, it has to do with what you are taught. It has to do with what you are studying. It has to do with what you know. It won't remind you of anything you don't know. Because to remind somebody of something you know, I mean, that you can't remember that particular time, means that you know that time before, but you only forgot. So the Holy Spirit assists you. This is part of the intersection of the Holy Spirit. Reminding you of the things that you may have forgotten. Or reminding you of the will of God for the situation that you are in, which you know before. How do you know that? You saw it in the scriptures. You already know what the Bible says. And that is time to you seemingly in a, in a state of dilemma. You don't know what to do, but the Holy Spirit comes in as you are praying. Like we find in Jeremiah 33 verse 3. He comes in to remind you of the things that you are supposed to know and how you are supposed to walk in that situation. Are you there with me? So the key to one of the ways by which the Holy Spirit helps you is how much of the scriptures you study. How much of the Bible do you have? How much of the word of God do you have? Even the teachers, the messages, how many of them can you rightly just mention if you ask for them? Even a title of the things you're hearing. That's the point. So that when you find yourself in any situation, it reminds you. Amen? Are you listening to me? Praise the Lord. You know, yesterday I was studying, I was just taking through the book of 1 John, 2 John, and 3 John, the morning devotion. And something struck me in chapter 2 when it talks about you young man, you have overcome, you, you say you have the word, and so you have overcome the wicked one. Instantly, the scripture reminded me of Matthew chapter, chapter 4. How did Jesus, as a young man, overcome the devil through the word? So what you don't know, you can apply. What you don't know, the Holy Spirit can make you remember. It can remind you. You have to first know it. And that is the word. So how much of the word do you have? The word assists your prayers with the Holy Spirit. You see? You say, you are right to you, young man, because you have the word and you have overcome the wicked one. How did you overcome the wicked one? They have the word. Jesus was a young man, if you will. Right? As it were, when he was taken to the wilderness at the age of 33. I mean, you know, taken to the wilderness, 30, there about. And here was he quoting the scriptures to overcome. It was in prayer now. That is not the moment to pray. It's a moment to apply. <laughs> Are you there with me? First John 2, 14. I have written unto you, fathers, because you have known him. That is from the beginning. I have written unto you, young men, because you are strong, and the word of God abided in you, and you have overcome what? The wicked one. Can you see the principle? What makes you to overcome is what? The word. So, it now he's telling you, I will bring to remembrance everything that what I have taught you. So it is what you know in the word that he reminds you of in the course of your prayers. 
So there is no way you separate prayers from the word. And that's why a lot of people pray all manner of prayers because they don't have the word. Are you following me? Let me show you. Time will not be there, but... Oh, how do I help this now? But remember the case of... The case of Elijah. When he prayed and rain fell. How many of you remember that? I think First Kings chapter 18 or so. Right? 17, 18. He prayed and the rain fell. And we find that Elijah, we, we say that Elijah is such a powerful man. Because he prayed and rain fell. And even James, how to say that? Elijah is like man, I mean, I mean, of a like passion like we are. He prays for rain and rain fall and the other rain to come and the rain come. Elijah is a human being like you. That's the simple thing I was trying to talk about. But what gave Elijah such power? Not because of any special anointing, but Elijah knew that in the book of Leviticus, he told them that any time you as a nation go to worship idols, I'll make your heavens brass, there shall be no rain. And so when Elijah came to Ahab, now they were worshiping idols with Jezebel, he simply went back to God. Remember what he said? Are you following what I'm talking about? I am bearing witness that if I worship in idols, so let there be no rain according to my word. And that's why there was no rain. The strength of Elijah stopping the rain was from the word. Are you still here with me? But we don't know that. That's why when your prayers are not effective, it is one of the major reasons you don't have the word. Because you take the word back to him and say, God, this is what you said. So, if you've forgotten the word, but you know before you are praying, the Holy Spirit now comes and give you the word. Now you can use that word at that instant to pray. That's how to pray in the spirit. Are you sitting there with me? So, most of what we do in church, I have no problem with it. Corporately, yes, we can come speaking in tongues and all of that. But, while you are doing that, because you know the word, scripture begins to come to your mind, which you can write down. They become answers to what ordinarily you were not even praying for. You study the scripture and begin to see that God is giving you direction. Are we still here? So how many of you read your Bible? <laughs> you, you want to pray. But I'm saying, prayer and the world go together. If you truly want to have effectual prayer life, you must not miss reading the Bible. You see what David will write in the book of Psalm, Blessed is he that meditates upon the word of God day and night. Shall be like a tree planted by a living water. He will not even think about times of drought. You know, why? Because you meditate, you chew in the word. And I explained this to you sometime. Why do you think God said, any animal that does not chew the cord should not be eaten? Animals that chew the cord, you think like goat, you think like you know, the sheep, you think like even the cattle, they eat in the afternoon and they get back in the evening in the pen or whatever and then they regurgitate the food that they have eaten all through the day, begin to chew them all over again. That's how to chew the cord. What is that supposed to mean? Meditation. They bring it back. What has already gone in? So in the process of your meditation, a lot of things, you digest in the thing that the Lord has spoken to you. So he made us understand from his word. Don't eat animals that does not chew the cord. 
In other words, if I want to say, don't share fellowship with men that doesn't meditate on the word of God. The meditation has to do with the things that you've been taught. You think of that over them again and again and again. And when you go out to pray, at any point in time, the Holy Spirit brings them back to you. That is even true in the court. And then you become prosperous like a man or a tree that is planted by the river's water on the side of the river. Hallelujah. Okay, so we say the Holy Spirit is to reveal who the Lordship of Jesus is to men. The essence is to glorify Christ who is now seated at the right hand of God. And that's where he is to intercede. Are you there with me? So the Holy Spirit is sitting at the right hand of God. You are there praying. You don't know what to pray for. The Holy Spirit takes that which is in the mind of Christ, sitting at the right hand of God, brings them to you and reveals them to you. And most often gives you a scripture to back up what he has said. Praise the living God. So he says, shall receive of mine. Simply means, shall take off off from me. He shall receive his commission and instruction as an ambassador from me to do my will and complete my work. And then next thing, remember we're dealing in John 16 now? 25, 26, I'll read it. I shall show it that it shall announce or communicate it to you. It's just the same thing we're talking about. The answering your answer, I mean your prayer, is to reveal the mind of God to you. Is that okay? Are we here? Okay. This is always the work of the Holy Spirit. I'm just trying to tell you the word. But remember, he's telling us the Holy Spirit intercede for us because we don't know what to pray for. So I'm just trying to tell you how it works. How the Holy Spirit actually do the intersection and how you receive instruction from the Holy Spirit because you won't know how to pray. Okay. All serious impressions produced by him lead to the Lord Jesus Christ and unfolding of his destiny, which is also your destiny, if I may use the word. Everything the Spirit gives to you. When you're praying, you're kneeling down, you're praying, you don't know what to pray for, you begin to have some impression in your spirit that God is speaking to you. And everything he's speaking to you about as an impression in your spirit is going to glorify God in Christ. Is that okay? Because he will take off me or mine and give it to you so that I may be glorified. It's Christ that has to be glorified in every decision you're taking. By implication, answers to your prayer will bring glory to who? To Christ. Are you seeing what you feel? You still with me? All right. So here we see. Uh, let's look at the scripture. First Corinthians chapter twelve, verse number three. First Corinthians twelve, verse number three. Wherefore I give unto you. To understand, I give to you to understand that no man speaking by what the Holy Spirit of God called Jesus her cost. And that no man can say that Jesus is the Lord by what? By the Holy Spirit. You see the influence there? Amen? No man can call upon Jesus except by the Holy Spirit. He's always pointing man to Jesus. So even in the answer that is given to you is something that will glorify Jesus. Amen? 
So that which reveals the Son reveals, I mean, leads to the revelation of our sonship and the will of God for us. You've got to understand it. Anything that's revealing Jesus to you is invariably revealing your sonship in God. And it's important you understand what I've just said. I have my own conviction in this regard. When Peter said to Jesus, Thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God. And Jesus said, Flesh and blood have not revealed this to you. In other words, man didn't teach you this. It's given to you directly from God. But the truth again is this. Peter did not just see the Christ. He saw himself. Because Christ is our life. Going to Colossians 3. So if you really see Christ, how many of you understand what I'm talking about? Because you seek how to become Christ-like. So if Christ is revealed to you, you are becoming an image of Christ, which is your life. Your true sonship is revealed where you understand who Christ really is. And that is done by the Holy Spirit. Are you there? So you will find that they said, the Holy Spirit, no man can know the Lord except by the Spirit. You can know Christ except by the Holy Spirit who revealed him to you. Amen? Okay, give me mighty chapter 11 verse 27. Let me show you something. All things are delivered, Jesus speaking, unto me of my Father. And no man knoweth the Son but the father neither knoweth any man the father save the son and he to whomsoever the son will do what reveal him that means if the son does not reveal who god is to you you can know god and if god does not reveal who jesus is to you you can know jesus and if the holy spirit does not assist you to know who jesus is you can know him Everything is by revelation. So here when Peter said, Thou art the Christ, Son of the living God, when he said flesh and blood, what say human beings have not done that? My Father which is in heaven have done what? Have revealed this to you. So I'm trying to make you understand, when you pray in the Spirit, there are things that God reveals to you through the Holy Spirit. And they must glorify God. Praise the living God. So let's look at this first John chapter 4 verse 14. 5 verse 14. First John 5 verse 14. Hallelujah. And this is the confidence that we have in him. That if we ask anything, not some things, anything according to his will, he heareth us. Now we don't know his will. Are you following what I'm talking about? Good. We don't know his will for us at particular times and season. So when we pray groaning, since we don't know his will, the Holy Spirit now reveals his will to us and we pray according to his will. You see what I mean? Praise the living God. And he now said, this is a confidence. Can we think of another translation? Any other translation you feel, we can just look at that. And how bold and free we then become in his presence 
freely asking according to his will, sure that he's listening. There's a confidence that we have. If we pray according to his will, this confidence has to do with the liberty of access and speech. That if we ask anything according to his will, that is which he has promised in his word. His word is the revelation of his will and in things which consign the salvation of man. Lo, I'm with you always, is a word. Now you are in trouble. You are trying to pray and he gives you that same scripture. I'm with you always. What's the next thing? You are very confident you're going to come out of that situation. You see how it works? If we pray according to his will. Now the will is the word. Now you don't know the word. How do you pray according to his will? What will the Holy Spirit reveal to you? Since you don't know the word. You don't have the word. So when people say, when someone tells you, read the Bible, you'll be wondering, why is he giving me this pressure? Why is he giving me... Man, that is the only way out. <laughs> that is the only way out. Read the book. I saw that, like I said, so much in the life of Jesus. He knew so much of the book. When the temptation came, the word came out. Praise the living God. Man must not live by bread alone. Only God that shall worship. Everything was coming from what he has studied. You don't know the word, there's no way you can really pray according to the will of God. Praise the living God. So we're talking about all that God has promised. We are justifying, expecting and what he has promised. We expect, we should pray for. Prayer is the language of the children of God. He who is begotten of God speaks this language, which is a prayer. He calls his God Father or Abba Father. In the true spirit of supplication, prayer is a language of dependence on God. You trust in God. Just like what we're talking about being an atheist. You say, an atheist? Why are you an atheist? I don't believe God. Is that what we said on Sunday? You don't believe God. That's why you say you're an atheist. But at the end of the day, you trust in yourself. Because prayer means you're depending on God to solve problems for you. But for you, you don't depend on anybody. You depend on yourself. You on... So you're an atheist because you believe yourself and you don't believe in a deity. That's all. So automatically you make yourself a God in place of the true God. There's neither life, love, or faith without prayer. Faith and prayer are not boldly, I mean boldly to advance claims upon God. That's one thing again you need to understand. We don't have faith in the sense that, oh come here, you have faith. You know, at times we have this movement, or what I call it, name it and claim it. Right? You want a bicycle? Oh God, I want a bicycle. Now name it. And then you claim it. Now that's not faith. You don't force God to do stuff. You pray according to his will. If he's going to give you a car, you don't force him to give you a car. You don't even bribe him to do so. Hallelujah. Are you following what I'm talking about? I had an experience with somebody I about two months ago. A person called me and then uh, I asked the question, what is the problem? So I've been in fasting, man. You've been fasting. What are you fasting for? Say, my rent is due and I've not been able to pay. So, what is the medium of the fast? I mean, what do you fast for exactly? 
You want to fast so that God can bring the money or God can speak to your uncle to bring the money. Why are you fasting? Because your rent has not been paid. You see, our mindset is always wrong when we go to God. You think you're going to use fasting to bribe God to pay your rent? No. It doesn't work that way. And sometimes when you even go to that fasting, that you already have people in mind that you want God to talk to. No. That is not his will. If you're just walking in obedience, you know him, he could trust somebody that you least expected to send you the money. Your name will just pop up to somebody's mind. And the money comes to you. You don't bribe God with fasting. And let the guy know, do you realize last year we lost a fellow nice guy in South Africa. He went on the mountain to pray. He wanted to pray for 40 days and 40 nights. By the time he got to 30 days, they brought his corpse down. No, he was dead. He kept on. He died up dead. They went to bring him down. You don't need fasting to bribe God for anything. I want to talk about the Holy Spirit said he gives to you freely. As he wills. You don't bribe him to give you anything. You pray according to his will. That's why you should know the book. <laughs> Are you sitting there? So we must be careful what we ask and believe God for knowing that he has to be in agreement to the revealed will of God. What we find promise that we must plead for. Is that okay? And especially I have always been emphasized on this how this your local assembly this place where I am every one of you to come to the place where you can hear God. And so if he gives you a word, you can take that word to the bank and cash it. You know he said it to you, you can go back to him. If it's not coming true, you can go back to him. Are you listening to me? Praise the living God. I gave you a story how somebody was, somebody sent money to me and his system held the money. They will not release the money. And I told you last Sunday, I was in a revelation. I find myself, I was meditating in the morning, and I find myself going to speak to the director of the establishment. I said, I need my money. You know, somebody was saying, no. I said, I want to see the director himself. I went in a vision, I saw the director himself. I came out and I was, I mentioned that to you in church here. Yeah. And so, two days ago, I said, No, you showed me this money, you paid me my money. So, where is my money? I haven't seen it. And somebody speak to me, send an email. Then I just send an email and I told them, now I'm about, I'm about to consult my lawyer to take you up. And they're going to take you to court and you're going to pay me interest on my money. Man, I just finished sending the email. The next 30 minutes, I got a phone call. Hello. <laughs> and these are people never called you. They don't talk to you. Behold, the money has been paid. He has been paid. My wife was laughing. I said, I just consulted my lawyer. <laughs> he just gave me wisdom on how to approach the people. And I got my money. Are you following what I'm talking about? You see, when you walk with ease in God, when you understand God, you know how to walk with him, you know how to pray, you know how to meditate in the spirit, it makes it easy. Praise the living God. I never had any lawyer I want to talk to. I just told them, I want to consult my lawyer and then uh, you're going to pay me interest for the number of days the money has been with you. 
start calculating because my lawyer is coming. Hello, we want to talk to you. They don't want to pay interest, but they kept my money for that long. You understand what I'm saying? Right. So now, what am I trying to make you understand? So good to pray in the spirit. Align now. Watch this as I started with you from the very beginning of the series. You pray in the spirit and with the spirit. Do you understand that? You pray your human spirit in agreement with what? The Holy Spirit. So, when you start praying in and with the spirit, your natural understanding ceases. The Holy Spirit takes over and takes the will of God and reveals them to you. That even the things you are not asking for, it makes you to see them. Forget what Jeremiah said. You call upon me, I will answer you. And I will show you great and mighty things which that does not know. These are the things I'll show you. Just like this simple example I give. My mind never went there for once to think about, okay, I'll be writing these guys. Come on, send me, send me, send me. But nobody. They'll say, oh, be patient. Thank you for your patience. Thank you for your patience. But one email with one sentence alone, delivered. You see what I'm saying? That is how to walk with the Spirit. He leads you. And it has to be according to his will. Praise the living God. Is anybody getting what I'm saying tonight? So I, I want you to wake up. And so my encouragement for you tonight is for you to become effective in praying in the spirit. You're going to be not just effective. You're going to be a student of the word of God. Read it as much as possible. Like when I was doing my menu devotion a few days ago, I told you. I just take time and go to finish the... the I won't leave the bed until I finish my, uh, the, 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 the three books, fourth, second, third, and, I mean, book of John. So I just started from verse one, I mean, chapter one, finish that, finish that, finish that. I have to finish all the books that morning before I left my bed. I couldn't carry my Bible, so good enough. You have all your stuff here. Easy for you. I just went in there and I was just reading. And that's where the Lord began to show me what I read to you. From 1 John chapter 2 verse 14. Young men, you have overcome the wicked one through the word. And then the next thing the Spirit reminded me, Matthew chapter 4. And I did a first book on it. Remember that? Some of you saw it. Yeah. I got that from my devotion. You see what I mean? The Lord will remind you the things that you do not ordinarily know. But once they are in the word and you are praying in the Spirit or meditating... It begins to flip them up to your mind. You can get direction praying in the spirit. You can get direction to life praying in the spirit. I'm not talking about this blah, 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 blah we do in church. It's good, but while you're doing that, remember we said before, you're doing that for the edification of your brother. But when we come to this issue of praying in a known tongue, that the spirit is helping us to groan and taking our mind, our thoughts to the father and the father returning to us, we have to be filled with the word of God. Praise the living God. Have I helped you tonight? God bless you then. Thank you. Thank you for listening to Dr. David Ogaga. We know you have been blessed by this station. You can share this message with your friends and loved ones. For more information, inquiries, and free downloads, please visit www.davidogaga.org or you can send us an email admin at gkai.net. God bless you.